from not kissing the girl, sexually polarizing, from not being present with her, from trying to do stupid shit, like techniques and tricks, they all stem from one root, one weed, which is not present with her. If you are not present with her, say goodbye to the attraction, say goodbye to the comfort, say goodbye to seeing her again. And so you can feel the warmth of her cheek beating against your neck. That is one of the greatest telltale signs of deep levels of trust and comfort. All right, which guys are struggling to keep girls around? Ah, uh, yeah, person B, that's me, Adam. Me, that's me. <laughs> what's, your, what's your problem, son? And he goes, ah, uh, well, other dates. <laughs> he would only act that way out of scarcity, out of need to see her again because he's not confident within himself. A man who is confident within himself is happy to leave the interaction then and there, and if they never see each other again, fine. You can only ever be where you are right now. Bottled your podcast. It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, yo, what's happening, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to another Bottled Your Podcast on Keeping Her Around. Today, I've got a beautiful message sent in by one of you on Instagram. Shout out to Adam one Get over there if you're not. And this is from a guy who had to a realization, come to a realization in which that, hey, maybe I don't need to be on all the time and using tricks and techniques to keep her around. And he went through a little bit of a situation in which that he was doubting himself, limiting beliefs, and the girl actually showed him a different way. So I got this message. He's got a few questions on mindsets, exercises to get around keeping her around. And that's what we're going to dive into today. I hope you guys are doing great. If you are here joining me on YouTube, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Drop me a comment. Let me know where you're at, how you're doing. And if you have any big truths or any big learns during the session, feel free to drop those in the comments. And make sure you guys are signed up to the weekly email newsletter. It's free, The Bowl Sip. Head over to bowldojo.com, put your email in, and you guys can stay updated on social dynamics and all the other cool shit going on in this world every single Friday. So, let's do it. And also, if you're not subscribed as well, better do that. Hit that notification bell. So we got this Instagram message. Here we go. I don't even know his name, so I couldn't use it even if I wanted to, but refer to him as X as we always do. And X sends me this message saying, pretty recently actually, just a couple of weeks ago saying, hey Adam, I hope you're doing good. I had an experience with a girl that broke a pretty sad mental barrier I had. I simply want your view on it. So I met a girl... So I met with a girl last year and we had a great relationship and I was putting in a lot of value, having fun, making her laugh, sending cute texts slash videos. The relationship had mainly been long distance because of COVID, but we still built it over time and I was seeing it as a way to build my relationship skills as well because I don't have much. In brackets, the first time we met was in real life though, in a hostel in South America. In brackets. He goes on to say, so everything started fun lights and great for the first six to eight months. We met a couple of times, had an amazing time. The thing is, I have moments sometimes where I get pretty low mentally. It seems cyclical throughout the year. In winter, I feel very low and I can't provide as much in any part of my life. And obviously, I couldn't be the funny, cocky boyfriend anymore. My brain kind of became beta, so to speak. We still wanted to see each other. So I decided to go, but deep inside, I was asking myself, do I really want her to see me like this? We met, and of course I was not as playful, energetic, and couldn't provide my masculinity as much, dot, dot, dot. On the way back on the train, I was destroyed, and deep inside I understood it was over, even though we didn't talk about it, but I assumed it. 
because the difference of the experiences we had between this time and the other time was so big. Surprisingly, she kept texting me. I even remember wondering, why does she still talk to me? In brackets, pretty pathetic, but I was legit sure it was over. In brackets. She pointed out that I seemed off and suggested to give me space to think about it and then we could talk about it. Long story short, we still ran the relationship and even talked about seeing each other again. In brackets, we had to break up for completely other reasons. The relationship was still strong at that point though. In brackets. So this girl made me realize that I don't have to always be on top of the world for me to keep her around. That was one of, that was one of the most relieving feelings to have girls at all. And when I learned to be more attractive, I assumed that it was because I was doing all those little tricks and techniques. And if I would stop doing them, I would lose the girl's interest. But this girl was more mature than me. She understood that I was in a bad period and she didn't leave right away. She was even willing to give me time to get back on my feet. She remembered the guy she had first met and didn't think to herself, he's changed or he's not good anymore. Me, on the other hand, had this vicious belief that if I were to stop putting in work, meaning trying to keep her attention, being funny all the time, she would just go and see someone else. I would like your view on it. Are my conclusions right? Is there any advice you would give me about this limiting belief, a way to work on it? Or maybe something I might be doing wrong that entertains it. Exercises to get rid of this belief. Question mark, question marks. Thanks a lot for your work and your content that I always refer to. The video about how to go down on a woman was very effective. (laughs) Much love. So that's his initial message. I, of course, then hit him back with a slew of contextual questions regarding his sexual experience, uh, ethnic background, age, work, study, as always. So I'm going to skip those questions, but I'm just going to read out his answers. And he responded, he's very good, came back to me with a lot of context and actually a lot of context about his relationship lineage. And so this is where, as we start to build this podcast, we start to build our understanding of this guy. A lot of you are going to relate because he's a late stage virgin and has very little relationship experience. So we'll get into this. He's, so X is 30 years old, uh, his European descent of some description, I'm not going to say which one, uh, he is working but his relationship experience and sexual experience are very low. He goes on to explain this by saying, my first girlfriend, I met her through cold approach. In brackets, I was 28, so two years ago. I spent a month with her. She was a virgin and I was too. We had sex three to four times, but never penetration. We tried once, but it was hurting her. After a month of being together, I wanted to travel. For just a month, it was already planned, but maybe she couldn't handle it, or she maybe, but she couldn't handle it, in brackets, maybe. She broke up with me all of a sudden before I left, telling me she didn't want to continue. Maybe she felt that I abandoned her. Just take a pause here, my friends. That's actually a part of the story that I didn't even realize was, I kind of breezed over when I read this, because it's not really pertaining to the main keeping her around topic that we're going to be addressing today. But just listening to that, there's actually a rather interesting topic point right there of late stage female virgins and how the ideas of abandonment can rush in with them. So maybe later on the podcast, if we somehow organically work our way to it, I'll address it. Otherwise, it's just, it's an interesting thing. Maybe in the future, if you guys want to know more about it, uh, women that are late stage virgins, how their psychology is affected in relationships, you know, maybe in another video, drop me a comment if uh, we might be able to tag that up. Otherwise, for today is not necessarily the, the main point of today. 
Okay, where are we at? He continued on by saying, the journey to get this girl might be relevant to this story. I was actively going out, and at some point, I was getting very good results. Being able to bring good energy to my interactions, high emotions, a lot of sexual tension, etc. And I pulled this girl at the peak of my journey. So I may have associated in my mind that the threshold to get a girl must be that high. I.e. the huge flow of a PU session. Massive, massive red flag there. I'm pinning that up in my mind. We'll get back to that. He then goes on to say, my second girlfriend is the one that I first described at the beginning of this. We were together for 10 months because of the COVID. We saw each other less than 10 days in total. We agreed on an open relationship, even though none of us saw someone else during that. First penetration with her, I've learned a lot with her. Again, your videos were very helpful. We scheduled three amazing days together during COVID. We were having sex a lot, three to four times a day, oral sex and classic missionary and fingering. We were both coming every time. Then three other days when I was in this bad period, we had sex one or two times a day. I have been in three relationships in total. The first one was only over the phone for six months, traditional engagement, not entirely sure what he means by engagement, but anyways, uh, that was his first ever relationship. Six months, long distance. Hang on, was it long distance? Yeah, it was only over the phone for six months. Not very conventional. I was not happy in it. Just didn't know what I was doing. Plus, I followed a certain set of ethnic traditions. Let's just say uh, Middle Eastern traditions, okay? He then goes on to say, I stopped it then. So this was this weird six-month relationship he first had that was just over the phone. He then goes on to say, the second other one was the one month and then the 10-month open one. So that's his three in total. I would add that before I had sex for the first time, I would have a lot of girls attracted to me while I was at uni or traveling. Just because I was experiencing and trying things, I would learn about a game. Eye contact, breaking rapport, teasing, push-pulling but never had the balls to go further because I was a virgin. Thanks a lot for your time with the prayer. With the prayer. Okay, so let's get a summary on this situation here. That's why it's so important to understand the context of where these stories are coming from. Like if I never asked those questions, you would look at the initial story of him going through what he believes to be just cyclical winter blues, what mainstream refers to as winter blues which I don't personally agree with. I don't think there's a legitimate reason for why you should get depressed by the changing of season. If anything, winter is just as beautiful as summer. I think it's what you're doing within those seasons that makes you depressed. Okay, lack of movement, lack of getting out into nature itself because it's cold. You often slide on your nutrition. You slide on your movement because you just want to stay in one place. I think there's a lot of other issues they get into, but let's let's not dive into that right now. We'll get into a deep rabbit hole with that. So anyways, I was getting to there with the context is that you would think that if you just looked at it on the surface level, maybe that's why just the winter blues is why he's not performing in quotes with this girl and leading to these depressive mindsets of that, well, if I can't be on, then I can't keep her around. But actually, when you look at the context of this guy's life, twenty virgin until 28, which is very late stage, very late stage. When I've discussed the stages of virginhood, you know, Getting on, getting beyond 25 is late stage. Very, it's later in the late stage. I would say that if you're a virgin beyond leaving high school, so 18 
and afterwards, if you're a virgin after that, that to me is like the beginning of late stage, 18 year olds. It's just the beginning though. And every year that you're a virgin after that just gets later and later and later. So he's had, and to put that in context, you know, it's always good to put a face to this. He was out of high school for 10 years having not had sex. That should really hammer it in for you as to what his life has been like. And so if you can take that piece of information and then you also take the piece of information that he really has had very little sexual experience in general before the penetration in terms of just relationships, in terms of just being intimate with a woman in the one-to-one space, heart-to-heart, eye-to-eye breathing. You know, he just hasn't got a lot of reference of that. And although he has said that he's had girls attracted to him in the past, just has not pushed it, you know, that's that doesn't really mean a lot to me other than that maybe he's not as much of a hard case as some others, but is more of a hard case in the way of getting in his own way. You know, for a lot of guys, their hard case really stems from not only the fact that they have their own limiting beliefs, their own pepper walls in their own mind, but also that they actually are just very poor at communicating social skills, communicating social skills and receiving and interpreting social skills. You know, there's different levels to your hard case route. It sounds like he might not have it as bad on that end if he can at least have friends and girls that are interested in him in general. So you put all these pieces together and that's what I'm doing here, summarizing his story. And then we look at this one particular story that he's come to me with with a girl that he met through a cold approach, met at a hostel in South America, must have been traveling, then COVID hit, weren't able to see each other very often, but he was creating a facade in his mind, I guess, or maybe a facade, creating a, well, yeah, I was, I was going to say an illusion, an illusion or a facade in which that, because they can't see each other all the time, he's always putting his best foot forward in his mind, sending the cute texts, sending the cute videos, And when you have a COVID-like relationship, which I'm sure a lot of you have been through, I'm sure sure we've all been through this weird period in the last year and a half to two years in which that your relationship's inception points, your relationship's midpoints, and maybe for some of you, hopefully not endpoints. I mean, some shit would have had to really go go wrong if you're having to incept midpoint and then endpoint just through the COVID period if you decide to get into an exclusive relationship. But you've, you've probably seen some j- differences, changes in the way that your relationships have been functioning as a result of the COVID situation. And so one of these things that I've been seeing not only with myself, my clients, but in stories just like this, is that you have this weird monster, this, this, this beast in which that you can't see each other physically. And the only way that you can communicate at least face-to-face, is through pixels. But it's curated. It's curated to the extent that you have time to respond. You don't have to respond immediately. You don't have to be always judging. You're not always on spotlight. You're not always on stage, so to speak, in this guy's mind. I'm being very careful with these words because it's not how I would recommend perceiving yourself, but it can create that perception. If you're in a relationship with uh, with a woman and... You all of a sudden always have an hour, if not indefinitely, to not only receive what she's given you, but then to curate how you would respond to what type of video, what type of photo, what type of nude, what type of text message, audio message that you would respond to her with, which creates a huge separation. It's one of the things I very much do not like about social dynamics communicated through the phone, through the pixels, through the screens. 
because it actually dullens your skill set. It worsens you. You're much worse off if your basis of interaction between human beings is has a delay marker, has this wide, huge margin for error. Whereas if you take a legitimate cold approach, which is actually just by the way, he met this girl through cold approach, which is great. That's excellent. But if you're always, if most of your interactions take place in real life, the speed, the speed of which that you have to not only receive and perceive the social cue, but then to actually reiterate and to push back outwards with how you would respond to that. It's in real time. Like it's in real time. So you know very quickly whether you're on or off and whether you're performing in the way that you want to be. So I wanted to bring this as we're still going through the context. I just wanted to bring that in perception because as I'm starting to piece together his story, and as you guys know, when we do these podcasts, I'm not, I don't spend all weekend and all week mulling over his story. I am working through it with you guys right now. And this is something that I think is a foundational thing to not only for all of us to understand, but for him to start to understand X, that when you did get in person with her, and maybe the first few times, I think you said the first few times were actually pretty good, but, uh, or maybe not. Maybe it was that actually, oh, your story is pretty long, but from what I recall, the best of what, I don't think you explicitly stated it, but from the best I can recall from, or the idea I get from your lineage is that you had met her through cold approach, but then you went into COVID and then you established this perception of being the funny, cocky boyfriend, sending cute shit, sending cute, funny shit. But then when you went to go meet each other, now we'll just, just dip in here. We'll dip in. Just make sure I'm getting this right. Yeah. And so you were saying that everything started fun, light and great for the first six to eight months. And you met a couple of times during that. Yes. Okay. And that you had an amazing time during those times, during the first six to eight months. Okay, cool. It was then when you said where it, you hit winter and that you guys had to meet up for those scheduled few days and you were questioning whether you wanted her to really see you like this, not playful, not energetic, not providing masculinity in that way. So so anyways, all I was trying to paint in with there is that if the basis of your relationship, which is what it has been, has been through the screen, then you are almost definitely, almost definitely it's almost like an oxymoron, but you know what I'm saying is that it's, it's, I can't imagine a situation in which that you wouldn't feel a separation between phone boyfriend and real life boyfriend, between the ex that you've spent the majority of the time always having time to curate how you're going to perform, how you're going to execute, how you're going to communicate with her, and then now being in real life, that's the anomaly. That's what I'm trying to paint here is that the anomaly is how you interact with her in real life because you just don't spend that much time in that. So while in your first couple of meetings, it was good, but then you know about yourself that you hit a cyclical nature of uh, winter depression and just not feeling great about yourself in life, which is something I'll definitely address and maybe later on the podcast that we could. But you know, there's obviously systemic issues there. That's not a normal thing. And while you might talk to a lot of people and you might hear a lot of people say that, just because a lot of people say something doesn't make it normal, Right. Just because a lot of people are obese, one in two in America are obese, that doesn't make it right or that doesn't make it normal. You know what I'm saying? My same opinion towards winter blues and winter cyclical nature. The reason why I'm saying that is because it's winter right now and I fucking love winter because I'm, I'm down in the ocean every single morning or every single night. So anyways, putting that to the side, when you do get into the situation, now we're going to start to get to the real pinpoint and to the questions that you would ask me. 
There was a red flag, though. There was a red flag that I maybe will address first. Yeah, maybe we'll get this first. Where was the red flag? I think the red flag was in your context. Okay. So getting good results, putting... Sorry, guys, I'm just... Because this message was quite long. I'm just going through this to get the exact particular line. He goes, I was actively going out, getting pretty good results, good energy interactions, high emotions, sexual tension, da 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 Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Okay. So he said to me in the message, this might be relevant to actually the story. That's actually what he's written here. I was actively going out and at some point I was getting very good results and being able to bring good energy to my interactions, high emotions, a lot of sexual tension. And I pulled this girl at the peak of my journey. So therein lies the first red flag. Pulled this girl at the peak of my journey. I want to break that down. I'm going to go hard on that in a second. So we're going to get that as number one. And then he goes on to say, so I may have associated in my mind that the threshold to get a girl must be that high. E.g., i.e., the huge flow of a PU session. So there's two major things that I want to to tackle into. Two major red flags. I pulled this girl at the peak of my journey. Let's begin with that. What peak? What peak? What peak and what journey? These are the first two questions that if he was a client with me, that I would be throwing straight back at him. Is that let's take him for context here? Listen, I don't know. I don't know this guy. This is the first time he's ever sent me a message. He's not a client. I don't have his full backstory. However, however, if he was a virgin up and until this point with this girl, he lost his virginity with this girl. He had had some sexual foolings with a girl before, but he said she was too tight. They couldn't go for penetration. So this is the, he was a virgin up until this point. I believe. I believe that as you said. If not, if I'm getting that wrong, he was is very shortly followed by. You know, he was not in the distant past that he wasn't a virgin, you know what I'm saying? So in regards to the journey that you're speaking of, I would have to take a pretty educated approximation at that you have not been in the journey for that long. Or if you have been in the journey for that long, you are an absolute hard case to the point where you just don't get social dynamics at all, to the point where you couldn't sexually progress your journey, or not that that is the criteria of your journey, and that's what we're going to get to, but the external manifestation will come when you have internally manifested yourself. So so this, this, it's, a, it's more of a byproduct. The sexual experiences you have through the journey of evolving yourself through cold social dynamics are only a byproduct. Those sexual experiences are only indicators of the changes you've made within yourself. It's never the other way around. The sexual experiences outside of you, the women that you had sex with, are not indicators. You don't look to them. You don't look to that as the indicator of your development and growth. You look to yourself for the indicator of growth, and then it just so happens that there's not a huge lag time, for most people anyway, between that process happening inside of yourself and the process outside of yourself also changing to reflect that. But it only goes in that direction. And I don't want to get too stuck on this, but I want to make this clear for any hard cases because hard cases just don't get this. They think it's the other way around. They've been told by many other coaches, particularly in what's known as the pickup and PUA circle, which I'm definitely not associated with, been detached from that for a long time. Anyone who knows my content knows that. I hate the gamey terms. I hate the pickup. It's just meeting people. It's just evolving yourself through the process of cold social dynamics. It's just, it's the temple, right? It's 
evolving yourself into a being of supreme excellence, developing direct, congruent, and authentic principles as a masculine or feminine being. Here we've got a masculine, so we'll keep the examples on the masculine. Anyways, getting back here, it's just really careful. You've got to be very careful with, with beginners and hard cases to make sure that they know that you don't look to the external fruit outside of you to validate you. You don't look to the woman that you're sleeping with to say, now I'm a man. Because you can happen at the beginning of your journey, as just as you're coming up the mountain. At the beginning of your journey, it happens all the time. I have many clients right now that are going through this, which is that they are only 10, 20, 30% up their journey to the peak of their journey, which is why I'm bringing this up because of what this guy mentioned, and a, a little bit of fruit rolled down the mountain in which that a validation point, not the woman, a validation point from the woman, in which that you perceive that, well, okay, now that, let's say, what does this look like? Okay, you've been going out for a month, couple months, and all of a sudden I met a girl who is in that right stage of life. Let's be called what it is. I wasn't necessarily that on point, but it's just that she was at that point of her life in which that, hey, you know, this guy's not bad. He's not great, but he's not bad. So, yeah, we get into a bit of a sexual experience of him. You know, you don't have to be an absolute... Adonis, you don't have to be a fully complete bridge to have a girl look at you and say, hey, maybe this might be a bit of fun, especially if you're going out at night, especially if you've got influences involved in terms of alcohol and drugs and the bloody kebabs, <laughs> the bloody pizza. You know, so, so what I'm saying here is that you can happen chance amongst someone early on in your journey that would provide you with a potential red flag of sexual validation point that you misinterpret. And so if you were, for example, to be going out for only two or three months and you're only really like 20, 30% into your journey, but then you happen to find a girl that you went home and you slept with that night or you went out on day two with and she was just feeling it and all of a sudden you guys found yourselves having sex in the back of the car or down by the river, whatever it was. And it's like, if you, if you were to then look at that and go, oh, oh, I'm done. Oh, peak. I'm at the peak of my journey because I met her through cold approach and we had sex. Right, Adam? Wrong. <laughs> if you guys are on the podcast, you should see my face when I said that. Just smiling. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong because there you're doing exactly what I said not to, which is you're looking to the external validation point to determine and dictate what you have done internally. But no, 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 no. You have much, much more work to do internally it just so happened that an external validation point, <clears throat> external validation point, had come down the mountain. This is the reason why I've gone into this. This might not seem like overall to the absolute uh, podcast of the podcast super super relevant, but to me, it is a painful, painful, important point. Just give me a second, Justin. I didn't. Sorry, guys. I probably burning your retina on YouTube. I didn't realize that the sun had finally kind of come out a little bit. Wrapping up that point, this it was. It, I'm going to tie this back because it is relevant to the story in which that he said, "I pulled this girl at the peak of my journey." Is that the exact words? So yeah, he goes, yeah, exactly. That was the exact words. And I pulled this girl at the peak of my journey. My question is, what journey and what peak? What journey and what peak? What we've just discussed is what peak because he's misinterpreting what the peak is, but also I want to know what journey. What journey have you subscribed to that you have endeared to walk down that is determined by pulling a girl and that that was the criteria for success? 
You say that you've watched some of my videos. I don't know how much you've watched, but it can't be that much. Because if you're determining your criteria for success on your journey of self-cultivation and doing so using the tool of cold social dynamics, and that is your hammer that you are going to swing to show yourself your inadequacies, your flaws, the things that you do well, but most importantly, the things that you suck at, the things that not only externally in terms of how I communicate social skills, but internally in terms of how I perceive the feedback. You know, that's, that's the problem for most guys. Most guys just have absolutely no stomach. They have no stomach to perceive harsh feedback that actually you weren't good enough, that actually you misread her social cue, so she left. Try again. Most guys can't stomach that who have to learn social dynamics, which is why most guys give up so easily. And they go through these flows in and out. What journey, what journey, what journey are you on, Mr. X, 30-year-old Mr. X, in which that the peak of your journey was determined by pulling a girl? What coach are you listening to? What person are you listening to? Even if it's not a direct influence from someone else, what decision, what conversation did you have in your mind in which that that could be acceptable? Because from my perspective, it's not acceptable if you're on a journey. The very definition of the word journey to me, if you're going to use that word journey in relation to cold approach and cold search dynamics, is that it can only be internally focused. Because to be externally focused and to be depending upon the fruit outside of yourself to determine your criteria for success, that's not a journey. You can go do that on any given night. If you stay out long enough, get the right type of coach with the right type of mindset who's just trying to, literally just trying to get you to, look at this, look, look what's going on here. I just, this, the sun Zeus has come out and it's just burning us, absolutely destroying us. You can find, as I say, you can find a coach. You can find someone that is all about the get bitches, get money. You can find get bitches, get money coaches. And that is all they specialize in is how to get you laid tonight. And there are guys who are very effective at it and they've been type, based their entire businesses on it. And they work in cities that are primarily focused on that, a la Las Vegas. <laughs> you can go down that path. And I'm not questioning you going down that path, but do not for a second refer to that as a journey. It is not a journey if you are going to be basing yourself on the external validation point. <clears throat> because there's, there's no path of development within that. You're purely seeking to take. You're purely seeking to transact. It is transactional at the highest level, whereas a journey, at least in my definition, is one of growth, of development, of hardship, of being forced to reckon with your inadequacies and evolve because of them and evolve in spite of them. That is what a journey is. So you might it may have seemed like a, uh, a minute point that I've dived into on what peak, what journey, but to me, if I've got an absolute beginner who's reaching out to me, and I don't know who this is, but... His mindsets are extremely, they're red flag mindsets and that they could cause tremendous harm in one to two, three, four, five years. If he continues, this is, this, I'll summarize this point here. If he continues down this line of thinking and this mode of operation in which that he's determining his journey based on the girls that he pulls, even just that term makes me feel weird. Even just saying that just doesn't make sense. But I'm using his terms when hopefully you guys can understand that. I'm using his terms. He will cause tremendous damage to himself at some point because that journey 
is one of pain. Absolute pain. Your emotional set point is dictated by someone outside of you. So if you're having a good night, and in his words, if you pulled a girl that night, you're feeling on top of the world, feeling great. She drops you the next day, feeling terrible. Go out the next night, don't pull anyone, feeling terrible. You're always at the mercy of the thing outside of yourself. You have no power. Your cup has no bottom. You will never be fulfilled. Can't have it. Can't have it by, by uh, any stretch of someone who is under my guidance. So I know and he needs to be aware of that. I'm going to move on past this point now. But for all of you, you all need to be aware of that. It's not to say that you shouldn't be working, and this is where I often get a little bit of pushback on this from guys that are just not educated. Fuck, that's good water. Fuck me. <laughs> I often get a little pushback from guys that are just uninitiated, uneducated, <clears throat> quite frankly, just blind to this entire concept of internal development. They get the pushback and say, well, when is it ever okay to enjoy in the sexual experiences of what cold approach and cold social dynamics and just being with people can bring in? Like, no, 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 no. I never said to, I never derided on the sexual experience itself. Sexual experience is paramount to our human evolution and human development and our experience in this life. It is your egoic attachment to the result of it happening and making that first and foremost priority that I have a huge issue with. Don't get that confused. Okay, let's move on past that point. So that's why I wanted to destroy first was whatever he thinks a journey or the peak of his journey is. Moving on to the next part. And this is more, this now part then now goes into his actual questioning, which is the whole thing about keeping her around. So he goes on to say after, you know, he's getting very good results, bringing in good energy to interactions, high emotions, a lot of sexual tension. Pull this girl at the beginning of my, at my journey, at the peak of my journey. Pull this girl at the peak of my journey. So I may have associated in my mind that the threshold to get a girl must be that high. I.e. the huge flow of a PU session. So... This is now, let's, let's have a look at this. I definitely agree with you, X, in which that the way that you're treating your journey, the way that you've built the criteria for success on your journey would 100% lead to you creating a threshold, an illusory threshold, a perception, a concept in your mind that, well, I always have to be this way to keep a girl around and to have a girl interested in me. And to the words of what you were saying earlier of that, you know, I, I always thought it was the funny things, the jokes, the techniques, the techniques that I was doing. That's what was keeping her around. We're going to get to that in a second. But just to that point, that's just that red flag of you talking about having to be on a huge flow of a PU session. Now you associate with, well, that's how I must always be. Listen, the again, the fact that you used PU, pick up session, it just tells me how beginning stage you are. It tells me not even just beginning stage because that's not right. How lost you are in the pickup world. That's what that tells me. Because anyone going out in 2021 saying, I'm on a pickup session, it's like, it just hurts. It hurts because they're obviously being influenced by certain voices and certain thoughts. But it's like, surely, surely you would have evolved beyond that by now. I, I understand. I used to, used to give leeway to this back in the day, like five, six years ago. Guys that 
were educated and came up on the mystery method, on the, the book, the game, you know, and but my work throughout the last five, six, more than six years now, six plus years, has been to actively move people away from the game, from treating women as a game, from treating interactions as an algorithm where you use techniques on people. It's like, it's so far away from being natural, yet isn't that what everyone wants? And this is what we're going to discuss as well, but we're going to get to the naturals in a second. Correct me if I'm wrong, X, but all that you're trying to do is to amass a skill set, at least at least in terms of your social dynamics, of that that is akin to a natural, someone who is indifferent, someone who needs nothing from anyone else, someone who is at comfort, who is at ease with himself, someone that can just act for the sake of acting, someone that can enter the flow of the moment, convey all that he is without fear of retribution, without fear of judgment. Just do as we'll do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't these the things that you seek? And if not, why not? In terms of a social dynamic skill set, when you look at, you know, if you just ask me, Adam, what are the goals you should have in terms of tactically, social dynamically, in terms of your skill set? Well, the way that I've broken it up always has been into, as a nice visualization, is the clock face of social dynamics. You imagine a clock face, 12 all the way around to 12, broken up into four quarters. Unconscious incompetence, that's your first stage, first quarter, 12 to 3, in which that you're so bad, you don't even know how bad you are. You suck so much at social skills that you don't even know how much you suck. It's the unconscious stage of your incompetence. Then moving down from a three to six, second quartile, conscious incompetence. As you step through that journey of overcoming yourself primarily, 12 to three, just going out there and learning to actually just do the thing. Then in three to six, you're starting to learn that, ah, actually, I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at open. I'm really bad at qualification, really bad at investment, really bad at close, really bad at this particular set of social skills and reading these particular social skills. But I'm aware of it now and I'm actively doing something to fix it. That is in the stage three to six. And then you've got six to three, uh, six to nine. Six to nine, the third quartile of the clock face, being conscious competence now. Where now that actually I can execute and I know that I can do it. I know what to do and I can do it. That right there and midway through there is the goal of social dynamics always to achieve and cement a bare minimum of conscious competence within social dynamic skill set, cold social dynamic skill set. Somewhere between seven to eight on the clock face is what we're talking about there, which means that you haven't just entered it, which means you're not going to kind of fall back if you all of a sudden take two years off to go in a relationship, but you're also not so high in it that you're teetering on unconscious competence, which is a whole different level. No, you're just firmly cemented seven to eight o'clock in conscious competence that I know what to do. I see a woman in the supermarket, she blow my mind, I can go up to her, I'm a riff of her, I'm open qualification investment close, I can carry an interaction the whole way through, and it might not be perfect, but it doesn't need to be, because hey, listen, human beings aren't perfect, and unless I want to be a coach, I don't need to be unconsciously competent, this is more than enough, this is more than good enough, and it's an insurance policy that I'm, I've done it for so long, as in I've cemented it, because in order to cement conscious competence and social dynamics, you have to spend time within it, which is, for most people, at least half a year. You know, once you reach, for my clients that I've seen, once you reach six o'clock on the clock face, you just enter 
conscious competence, you just get over that hurdle where you're no longer sucking and now you actually can do it. You need about half a year to just grind that in to make sure you never forget. Enter it into the code of your subconscious. And so that's where we, that's, that's, that is the social dynamic goal on macro. And where I began this particular thought line was, well, what should your social dynamic goals be? Because I was talking to X about, well, wouldn't it, wouldn't it naturally be attempting to, if not mimic, but adorn the mindsets and actions that naturals have? Because my friends, what is a natural? What is a natural of social dynamic skill set? It is someone who has been conditioned through not only his environmental upbringing, but also through his active pursuit of being social with other people. But first and foremost, he had the hard wiring from the begin with. So what I'm saying here is that his hardware, his hard, his hardware and his software were installed from the beginning, in which that the programs he was running on in terms of perceiving social skills, perceiving human beings, was supported by like-minded people of creative, expressive flow. His parents, his teachers, friends, family, everyone around him, they were conducive. The environment was conducive to set up and install the software within his mind that, oh, is natural for me as a masculine being to go up to a woman that I'm attracted to and to say, hey, to convey strong masculine energy, sexual energy, to not seek her approval, to not be in the mind of what does that person think? Yeah, spotlight effect. To be indifferent of whether they approve or not. Not unempathetic, but indifferent. In which that if I step the line, I'm aware of I'm stepping the line and I'll make the necessary corrections. But I will never go in first thinking that this is not okay. I will always ask for forgiveness. Not seeking permission, ask for forgiveness. And the litany, the 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 polygamy of other mindsets and actions that that software would emulate and that would shine from someone that has been supported all his life through conducive social expression. That's that software I'm talking about. That's a natural. And then the hardware is that it also gets built upon. The hardware each year, the new iPhone, the new Mac, the new monitor comes out, the new microphone, the new camera, the new lens, it comes out, the new body, it comes out. And that's what the natural does throughout his life is that every year he goes through another year of human life, he upgrades the hardware. He upgrades the monitor. He upgrades the processing unit. He upgrades the monitor, which is, what does that mean in real terms? It means that he gets more experience. He gets more experience, he goes out more, he meets more people, just keeps adding to his naturalness, to the naturalhood of his development. And so you've got this inborn software that was always good from the get, and then now you've got a continuously compounded social skill set through the hardware of new experiences year upon year, guided by, of course, the software, parents, brothers, family, etc., Sporting clubs, all that, all that. So that's what a natural is in terms of how a natural comes. Well, what that, what that really is is how a natural comes to be a natural. I just love discussing it. What I was actually supposed to be talking about <laughs> was what a natural does, what a natural appears to be. Actually, wait, no, but that kind of organically came in. So it's like we hit, we hit two plans for one there. That's what I was actually going to talk about was what the natural actually does. But we already got that. We got everything that the natural does within that. That was that was. Come, Becky. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. Okay. 
So, but the whole reason why I brought up the naturals is that wouldn't isn't that the idealized? If there was an idealized envisionment of where you would like your social dynamic journey, at least in social skill set, to go, wouldn't it be to adorn what a natural is, which is unconsciously competent? Ah, there you go. That's why I brought that up. Because that's where I was really uh, Mr. Miyagi-ing you guys was that the natural is unconsciously competent. And that's that's where I started this whole point with, which is that you don't need to be unconsciously competent, but if there was a peak of the journey or a peak of the mountain, wouldn't it be unconsciously competent? Because that's all a natural is. And natural does not think about sexually polarizing his interactions. And natural does not think about what does she think about me? Not in the moment. In the moment, just in the moment. Just in the flow. A natural doesn't second guess himself. A natural does not second guess about whether she's feeling it, she's not feeling it. He just reads the social cue and acts upon it in that moment. There's far less filters. There's very few filters, which is what makes it so damn good to be around a natural. And whenever you're around a natural being, you're at ease yourself. Why? Because they're at ease. And the strongest frame always wins. The strongest frame always wins. Whoever is more at ease dictates the flow. Who is whoever is more at stress and more at anxiety, they dictate the flow. And that might seem contradicting in a sense. What if you've got someone, or you could you can imagine, what if you've got someone who's so at ease, but then you've also got someone who's so anxious? Well, who's stronger? Whose anxiety or whose ease is stronger? If you've got two people who seem pretty extreme, if if you've got someone who's pretty at ease, but then you've got someone who's just slightly more anxious than he is at ease, then the person who's at ease will start to become more anxious. But then the person who is very, very anxious, faced with someone who's just slightly more at ease than him, the anxious person will start to become more at ease. The strongest frame always wins. Yosh, it's one of my favorite principles of all time, baby. Okay, so let's move on through this. Getting down here, we're going to keep going on. You guys, this is how we do a podcast. We... We filter out everything. We, we flesh through everything. We work our way through everything. And that's what a podcast is. So we could, But don't worry, don't worry. We're, we're right there with the with the how to keep the girl around. But actually, you can imagine that everything that we've just talked about is how to keep a girl around. Everything we've just talked about, really. It's just that I haven't used that as a title yet. We're getting there. So let's get to his questions. Let's get to some specific questions here. I wanted to get on this for just for a second. He said, I used to be very shy, not successful with girls at all. And when I learned to be more attractive... I assumed that it was because I was doing all those little tricks and techniques. And if I would stop doing them, I would lose the girl's interest. And therein lies the issue. When he specifically says, when I learned to be more attractive, I assumed it was because I was doing all those little tricks and techniques. If his sentence, let's play a little thought exercise. Hopefully some of you can already sense the red flag and what's just appeared. But let's just change the sentence, okay? So the original is, I used to be very shy, not successful with girls at all. And when I learned to be more attractive, I assumed that I was doing, that it was because I was doing all those little tricks and techniques. That's the original. Let's just change it to this. When I learned to be more attractive, I assumed that it was because I was being what it meant to be attractive. <laughs> Bixby voice privacy contents have been updated. Please continue to view the updated item. Fuck you, Bixby. 
Bixby activated on her own as I was in the middle of that sentence. That could not have happened at a worse time. I certainly did not say whatever the keyword is to activate her. Fuck, technology is still not there, is it? Still not there. Anyways, get back on. If we just change his sentence to, I assumed that it was because I was doing all those. Uh, hang on. When I learned to be more attractive, I assumed that it was because I was being all of those attractive traits. That's the correct sentence. That is where he needs to change his perception of what it means to be attractive. The things, the, the tricks and the techniques, my friend, you need to drop them immediately. You need to drop the concept, the idea of what it means to do something to someone else. Rather, flip it to be all that you need to be. To be all that you need to be means this. Centered. Grounded. Humble. At ease. I'm calm. I'm independent. Not only of the outcome, not only of the self-perception, but really of what this entire process means. Whether it's here or not, whether she comes or she goes, I was good the day before, so I'll be good the day after. To be attractive has very little to what you are doing. In fact, I'm very careful to almost place it and say that they're mutually exclusive. To be attractive, you cannot simultaneously be thinking about the things that you are doing. In your development stages as someone who's learning how to upgrade their social dynamics, you will go through periods of flux in which that it's hard to tell what's happening because you might be there on the couch with the girl or even at your place or maybe you're there at the bar with the girl and because you're learning, you're in conscious incompetence or even if it's conscious competence, you've still got conscious thought and you have to remember, oh, be on. I've got to be on. I've got to keep looking her in the eyes. Ah. Make sure I sit down on my vocals. Don't rush. You, 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 you'll notice these things about yourself. Oh, I'm rushing. Oh, I'm, I'm improving too much. Uh, shit, I'm pushing a little too hard here. Got to pull back a little bit. You'll notice these things and then you will seek to rectify those mistakes. But it is the mistake of mistakes to think that when you do rectify that mistake, that you are doing it. AKA, i.e., that you are thinking of it while you're doing it. If you ever executed something presently, you are not thinking about it while you were doing it. If you ever hit the home run, you were never simultaneously thinking, I'm hitting the home run. It's only in the post-reflection. So that's where I can I can forgive him to a certain degree because a lot of beginners get mistaken on this. That And that's why beginners get mistaken on this. Beginners get mistaken on this because they go through a long period of time in which that they have to cue themselves on, okay, that was a mistake, or I'm not doing this as best as I could in the way that I want, so change it. Okay, need to drop my vocals. So you think that, and then you go to drop your vocals. So you associate in your mind that it was because you thought to yourself, okay, drop my vocals, and then you did the drop the vocals that that is what made you attractive, that the thought process is what made you attractive and that the instigation of the cue is what made you attractive. When in fact, 
could not have been further from the truth. It was only the execution of the cue that made you attractive, not the instigation. The thought you had to tell yourself to change your social dynamics is not what is attractive. What was attractive to her was the way that you executed with her in the moment. When she heard the grounded tone, when she saw those playful eyes, when she felt that kind heart, when she felt you in the present flow of her, that's what makes the attraction connect. So, when we come back to your message here, if you can understand this, you said, when I was not successful with girls at all, you know, I used to be shy and not successful with girls at all. <laughs> the car was bloody loud. You said that I was not successful with girls at all, I used to be very shy, and when I learned to be more attractive, I assumed that it was because I was doing all those little tricks and techniques, and if I would stop doing them, I would lose the girl's interest, and therein lies the misconception that she was never interested in you because of those tricks or techniques. The tricks or techniques were only cues in your mind to get you to act attractively. Therein lies the attraction, the actual action, what you did, what you said, how you said it, specifically how you said it to get even more to the depths of it, the way in which you did yourself, the way in which you portrayed yourself, that is where the attraction lied, which then now brings us to the follow-on point of why when you rocked up to her on that date and you guys hadn't seen each other in a little bit and you planned these few days together, it's going to be amazing. Well, you thought it was when you booked it, but then all of a sudden you realize, oh shit, I'm in this kind of depressive moment. I'm in this depressive cycle, which there are systemic issues with. Let's not get to that right now, otherwise you'll get me off on a rant. But nonetheless, I'm not feeling good about myself is what you would say. And that you got down on yourself for that. You actually deepened the self, you self-reinforced that loop for yourself that because I know myself not to be funny, present, and cocky when I'm at this time of the year, then there's no way that I could be because I don't feel like and don't feel like I could perform those tricks and techniques and be on and And so you just bury yourself more and more and more. You're just lucky, ex, that she was mature, as you said. That she was mature enough to see that you were experiencing internal discord Uh, internal discomfort that there was a battle happening within yourself and that she was mature enough to see that let's be grateful for that you know what a great girl not a lot of girls not a lot of women i should say that's a womanhood mentality that's not a girlhood mentality that's a womanhood mentality a woman's state psychology in which that she's able to recognize that this isn't all of him this is only a part of him and while it's not a very attractive part of him it's called what it is i won't judge all of him because of it and that another part of women's state psychology, is that give time. Give time to see the tide. See how the tide changes. If it's always going to stay high, then maybe we need to back up. But let's see if that this high tide will one day reduce and will one day retreat, retreat back into the ocean where it should be. Back where it should be. Back in the center, grounded. She did great. She did great for that. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear of examples of women's state psychology because in 2021, it can be hard to find examples of women's state psychology just amongst, uh, I just, I, okay, we could get on a major tangent here. You guys can already feel it. <laughs> Listen, this is something I've been thinking for a little while. I'm not going to go deep into it, but I'm just going to put it here. Maybe we'll come back to it. I'm going to put it here. Maybe if you guys want me to discuss it more, even on Instagram or at Tang one or down in the comments, let me know. 
just how women, how female psychology is changing as a result of the COVID situation. And even and COVID's made a lot of difference to it. But even before that, I noticed it, that it's harder to find mature women. It is just harder. There's many reasons I've been thinking about this in my meditations, but not for today. Let's not get into that right now. That's a whole podcast on its own. Okay, just making sure the camera's still recording. Okay, so... So, where are we at with this? I'm just looking at his message here. Uh, being just for the, doing for the sake of attraction of what attraction actually is. What he was doing is actually attractive. The self-reinforcing loop. Here we go. Now we're, now we're diving back through it. So, and she was so good to accommodate for that. So, in his realization, I give this to you, X, because I flamed you a little bit. I haven't flamed you too hard yet. I flamed you hard on your early mindsets, as I should. But I really like this part from you, actually. I'll give you some positivity here. Give you some. I'll give you where it's earned, though. It's always earned. I like that you were able to see that. And actually, your question to me was specifically: Is your conclusion correct? You asked me, "Are my conclusions correct?" And your conclusions were that you don't always have to be, in your words, you don't always have to be putting in work to try and keep her attention, to be funny all the time, and in fears of her just going to see someone else. Is your conclusion, is my conclusion correct? Are my conclusions correct that the vicious belief that if I stop putting in work to try and keep her attention, to be funny all the time, she would just go see someone else? Is it correct that this is not necessarily true, that this does not have to be? And that's why I'm giving you some positivity. You have reached the conclusion. Because, but whether you reach the conclusion because you understand the process, I don't know. Hopefully now you do. Hopefully now you do. Hopefully now you understand that it. The reason why your conclusion is correct, that you don't have to be on all the time and putting in work all the time to be funny and to be on, to keep her attention, is because number one, that was never what was keeping her attention. The fact that you were trying all these techniques and tricks and trying to be funny, that's actually what would turn her off if you got so deep into that, if you got so attached to that. It just seems that, because if I'm looking at that mindset, actually, that's exactly what would turn her off. But what I feel like may have been happening with you, based on the other factors you've told me about in your context, is that maybe you're not actually as hard case as maybe you think you are, and that your idea of doing funny little things and tricks and techniques and et cetera, maybe they balance out. Maybe that you've actually got some pretty good social dynamic execution underneath the hood, but you're just not used to driving it. And so you put on these bells and whistles on the outside, but really they didn't really affect the performance of the machine. That's a possibility. I don't know for sure because the reason why I'm saying that is because that mindset of putting in work, that's what keeps her attention. That's the furthest thing from what keeps her attention. The more you try, the less she wants to stay. The harder you try, the less she wants to stay. Why? Because she senses that you're not at ease. You're not comfortable within yourself. And there is, there is nothing more uncomfortable than being with someone who does not accept how they feel. There's, like, there's, only, there's, only one thing more, there's only one thing worse than being around someone who's depressed. It's being around someone who's depressed who's pretending that they're not, who hasn't accepted that state. Now, if they, perceive, they continue to persist within that state, then that becomes an issue, of course. But the outright incongruence and inauthenticity to acknowledge, to acknowledge 
to acknowledge how you feel and then to act in accordance with it, that is really the worst thing. And this is where I'm going to hit you guys with some mindsets here, some, some tactics here, X, which is that the number one thing when it comes to me, if you think about, if he was here in the room with me and just say, well, what can't he even ask me? What exercises, what mindset should I install? This is the number one for me, is that acknowledge and accept and it's okay. However you feel rocking up into an interaction with a woman and it's okay. You're rocking up on a day two and you've just had a shit house day. Yeah, it's been rough. Your, your bank card got declined. Your best friend wore the same shirt to you as at work and that fucked you off. You, you, <laughs> you, you overcooked your steak. You know, maybe just a whole hosted slew of things just went wrong that morning. But now it'd be you were scheduled to go out with a really a girl that's a lot that's lighting you up. You were scheduled to go out with a girl that was lighting you up and you thought you guys were gonna have a great time together. But actually, you just had a series of destabilizing events. And it's okay. Don't bail on the date. Don't run away. See yourself. Know yourself. But accept yourself. Rock up up on that day too with that girl saying that, hey, listen, I might not be in absolute Super Saiyan mode right now. I might not be feeling, I might not feel like mounting Everest. But... It is okay because as long as I accept that within myself and give myself time to warm up, give myself time to acclimate to the environment, I'm pretty confident I will. It's a question of time for most people. Most people perceive their current emotional state to be infinite, that it is eternal, that if you wake up feeling bad, you perceive that, well, this is how I'm going to feel all day. And so you self-reinforce that thought. And so you do end up feeling bad all day, not because you had to, but because you establish within your mind that, oh, this is how I'm going to feel today. But if you could establish an acceptance mentality, an acknowledgement and acceptance mentality of how your current emotional state is and to go into any experience saying, hey, it's okay. Like, I'll give you guys an example. I'll give you guys an example. I was out on a date with a girl just the other week and I was very low key. I mean, I'm always very low key going into day twos, but particularly, I was very, very, even calm by my standards. And what I'm talking about there, I'm talking about so calm to the point where I don't really want to talk. You know when you're just in that state where, hopefully you know this state, where you're just so at peace with yourself that there's no words to be expressed. You have no desire to express words. You recognize opportunities to crack a joke. You recognize opportunities to offer a thought point, to ask a question, etc. But actually... I'm good. I'm good. I'm very much I'm very much under the Bodhi tree here. I'm very much in the river. So let me be. But you don't just cancel a date because you're in the Zen of Zenith modes. You still rock up. But you accept that, hey, listen, I'm not really feeling like, especially if it's a first date, which or a day two, which it was, you you just accept that that is the state that I've rocked up in, and I'll give myself time to switch those social lights back on. I always rock up with that mentality. Give myself time because it's okay. And that one thought line, and it's okay. If you rock up onto a day two and you're extremely nervous, and it's okay. Because you festering and focusing on your nerves, on your anxiety, on your lack of feeling like I'm in the peak of my life right now will only persist that feeling. It only stokes that fire. Whereas if you were to give yourself the time to even just the allowance to know that, 
given 30, 60 minutes, it's probably going to turn around. Why? Because you've got an injection of energy. It's not you on you. Different situation if it's you on you. You're going to have to do some activities on your own to change that emotional state if you're just going to be on your own. But if you've got an injection of an energy, such as a beautiful feminine being coming in to come light it up with you, then it's only natural that if you spend time around that, as long as your depressive state is not, and depresses, depressive in relation to X, not in relation to me, I never, I don't really experience depression. I've never really experienced depression, really. But, so let me replace the word depression there with low key, just low energy. Whether it's because of depression, that's X is what X is dealing with, or and some of you might be dealing with. But for me, a lot of times I just rock up low key just because I'm so at peace with the universe. It's certainly not depression. If anything, it's the complete opposite. It's, being, it's such euphoria with the universe that I'm just so at peace. So whatever the reason might be that you are in this low key state, if you offer yourself the allowance of give me some time in the presence of a slightly more upregulated, upscale, upgraded energy, slightly higher key, if she's more high key than I am low key, I will eventually become a high key. Why, my friends? <laughs> Strongest frame wins. And if you were there in the podcast right then, you saw me do the beat beat. That <laughs> worked out too well. <laughs> Strongest fan wins, son. And also, and also, the island is a lonely island. The island is a lonely island. When you're stuck in your own mind, when you're stuck in your own dwelling within the deep, dark recesses of your computational machine known as the brain, it's a lonely place. But then if you rock up onto that day with that girl, now all of a sudden you're not alone in the sense of energetic input. There's someone else who's got light. There's someone else who's got love, especially if it's a thriving, thrilling, electric, creative, feminine being. She's going to light you up. She's going to light you up. All right. That is That will often in and of itself give you, if you've allowed yourself the allowance of, hey, it's okay, give me some time, and it's okay. I'm rocking up a bit nervous, rocking up a bit anxious. That's not a life sentence. That's not a sentence for the rest of our experience together. Please understand this, X, and anyone who's listening to this, on any experience you're going into, your emotional state is that of the ocean. It comes and it goes. It's that, the state is that of the, of the clouds in the sky. They come and they go. The emotions of your life, they come and they go. But the truth of now will always be here for you. And if you can just accept that, the nature of what life is and what your emotions, your emotions are, of course, do work. Do work to maintain a clearer sky so that your skies are not always blotted out by the darkness of dark clouds. Do work. Handle your temple, purpose, physical, mental, social development, and the transcendent knowing of your inner garden, your true nature. That's going to provide you with a much clearer sky more of the time. What am I referring to there as a much more well-balanced, centered, grounded, emotional set point in this life. But even then, for people who have that, you're still going to have days. It might be very extreme, might have to be the extremes. Death, extremely destabilizing life events to blot your sky out. But even in the event of that happening, just know that it comes and it goes. So give myself time and it's okay. 
when I was on, on that, just finishing up that story from before, when I was on that date with that girl and I rocked up so low key, that I was so at peace with the universe that I barely even wanted to express or communicate. You know what I did? I stacked the odds in my favor. Stacked the odds in my favor. Do you think that I took her to a bar where it's almost forced upon me to be in a socially expressive state from the beginning? Of course not. Not feeling that. Do you think that I did anything that was unaligned with how I was feeling that moment? Of course not. Stack the odds. Make it easy. Make it easy for you to accept your current state. Now, listen, guys, I'm always a... I'm always a botanics and chill. I'm always a botanics and chill guy. I'm always, it's either the beach, it's either the gardens, there's always somewhere within nature. It's always going to be chill. Why? Reduce the energetic noise, allow us to connect a lot more deeply and faster. Reduce the energetic noise, crave the connection. However, even by my standards, I don't just normally, never, almost never, maybe like once or twice, do I start the date on the rug where the rug's already set up and I just meet her at the gate and walk her, you know, five minutes away and then walk her to the rug and we just, that's the date. There's no meeting at the malls, but there's no meeting up in the city. Then we get a coffee and a tea and then we walk down in the gardens, walk down for 20, 30 minutes and then we get to the rug. You know, it's, it's not, that's normally the run. You know, that's normally how we would progress through it. But I wasn't feeling it that day. I was at, too at peace with the universe. So I adjust. I say, well, I really just can't be fucked going through all that high level stuff because I'm just not feeling it. Can't be fucked is the wrong term. It's just that I'm not feeling it. So I stack the odds in my favor in which that let's just start the date in a more intimate space that's far more low key. That's really the peak of the low keyness here, which is us just going to be on the rug in a nice isolated spot in the garden, looking over the trees, looking over the sun, coming down on the clouds. And it was perfect. It's perfect. Met her at the gate, took her in. And I just laid down. I just fucking flopped. Fucking flopped in the rug. She flopped next to me. Now, the way I've described that makes it sound so effortless and so easy. And it was. But not if not but if you look at it in third perspective, it's like actually that's that's not normally how things go. In fact, that's actually an extreme level of rapport and connection, of trust and comfort, to be able to escalate it that quickly, to be lying down next to each other with only the first time meeting each other, with only meeting each other for five minutes, strongest frame wins. If I felt any level of discomfort, misalignment with that, if I tried to force that, if I was, say, a noob, if I was, say, a Jeffrey who was listening to this going, oh, you can do that. You can just start a date on the rug. You, can, you, don't, have, you, you don't have to have this little warm-up process that leads you through the public meeting point and then you walk down through the coffee and the tea and you get to know each other. You can just start lying down next to each other. I'm a noob it up. And I'll just start, I'll just do that, huh? How about that, Adam? I'll just do that. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> you no. Because if you force that, if you're not in that vibe, then it's going to be extremely indirect, incongruent, inauthentic. She's going to pick up on that vibe. She's going to, you're going to be nervous with it, is what I'm saying. She will feel your nerves. She'll feel your anxiety with it because it's not right. The only reason why it worked is because it was what felt right. That's why I don't do it all the time because I don't always feel that way. Very rarely actually do I. It was a Sunday afternoon, late Sunday afternoon. And so of course, and it's late Sunday afternoons, I'm at peace with the universe most of the time. Today, it's a late Sunday afternoon right now, but I wanted to cover this podcast right now. I just had this weird vibe this morning. I woke up, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to record this today. 
even though I typically don't do bowl stuff on the weekends. I was like, fuck it, today I will. I don't know why, actually. I'm just feeling really good. So maybe we'll take a day off tomorrow. Although there's never really a day off when you run your own business. <laughs> I just typically on weekends don't do recording or you know working with clients, etc. So anyways, moving back on the point here. Be congruent, be authentic, be direct. Only do things that are in alignment of what you are feeling. And that's okay. And that's, that's the other way that this flies, my friend. The other way that this flies is that, and it's okay if you want to step shit up. If you're feeling that, actually, you know what? I'm going to try something different here because that feels right. And as long as it's not something that's going to hurt them, like it's not like I was trying to, I wasn't overstepping the line by trying to bring her back to my house immediately without having even met. Yeah, that would be a huge overstep. But hey, you're in alignment with how you're feeling and it's okay. That's the number one thing I'll, I'll leave you here with, or we're not finishing the podcast, but that I'll have you take on. It's like if we, if we can look at what we've gone through here, the things that you really need to focus on is that it was never the tricks or the techniques that was making her attracted. It was when you finally got out of your mind and you actually did something that was attractive. If you conveyed a strong 50 of intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe, something within that 50 had to be attractive to turn on an attractive switch within her. It just so happened that, well, not just so happened, it's just that you've misattributed the thought process of you going, oh, do some trick or do this or do that. But it was never that that made you attractive. In fact, most of the time, that's what makes you unattractive. That's what turns girls off the most when they can sense you going so deep into your mind to think of something to say, to think of something to do rather than just doing and just, th- just doing, just be. Okay. Okay. Let's move beyond this point. Let's see if there's anything else we need to tie up. Keeping the girl around. I think we might actually just take this out really macro in terms of what it means to keep a girl around. Because uh, I've titled the video this. And then I'll finish with a summary as to my personal advice to him moving forward in his journey. Okay. Okay. Because that really kind of tackles his main questions. So, you guys take a quick, get some water, take a breath, and we'll start to bring this to a close. And if you're new to the podcast, when I say bring things to a close, that by no means means that we're anywhere near finished. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Nope. That's just when in my mind, as I'm chaptering it out in my mind, it's like this would be the beginning of when you would look back and go, oh, that's where things kind of started to begin to end. <laughs> but tangents, man, tangents come up. <clears throat> so let's get to this overall topic here. You know, you thought maybe I'm, I'm, I was conceptualizing starting the podcast with this. <sighs> But it makes more sense now that it's happened here, now that you have this guy's story. And I think the stories are always better to start with. It just brings a face to everything and it makes it very relevant to you guys because you can relate to him. Even if you don't have his exact life story, you can relate to a human being that this topic is not just me fandangling around with diddling my thumbs. It's a real human being we're talking about here. When we look at this concept, this topic of keeping a girl around, Largely in this podcast, we've discussed the micros of that, but not very specifically. I think we can go a little more specific on it. And this is the first thing I'd like to say. If you, if we were in a seminar right now and we were in a seminar room and one of you stood up and you said, Adam, how to keep a girl around? Have real problems. Have real problems keeping a girl around. Not only would I ask him why he has problems keeping girls around. Okay, let's give him a few. Let's say that eh, I seem to start off well, but then things just die off towards the end. Okay, the end where? End of the initial interaction. Okay, 
Okay. And then let's say we get person, that's person A. Then we get person B who stands up and goes, I don't have a real problem keeping a girl around. Uh, when do they end? Why? Why do, why do things end? Well, they end in the first, they, they end, but it's typically around the date stage. You know, like she doesn't call back after the first day. Okay. Should we take C? Yeah, let's take C as well. Person C as well. Person C stands up in the seminar room. Adam, have a problem keeping a girl around. Okay, when do things end? Uh, after sex, she just doesn't, never, I always have to push. I always have to put in way more than the girl does. I noticed this in my life to try and reignite an experience after having sex. So we've got three people who stood up. One who the interactions can't seem to keep girls around at the, just within interactions themselves. One, because of the dates. They're not coming around after dates. And after three, they're not coming back around and they don't want to stay around after having initial sex. This is good. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. So let's tackle it one by one because I think if any of you have come to this, you're going to fit in one of those boxes if you're having issues within this area. And listen, you're all going to go through this. It's the journey to go through this to ascertain at which point you are falling down in any one of these sections. Person A, can't keep a girl around at the end of an interaction or within interactions themselves. Either they're not closing or, yeah, either they're not closing the interaction as in they're not able to or we're going to probably take night examples here a little bit more because this is probably a little more prevalent at night. You see if it's more at night because in the day, even if you close, typically what happens in the day, this is why I'm saying this, if you're doing interactions of the day, a lot of girls will just give you a fake number or they will just give you an excuse to get the hell out of there in which that they don't directly tell you that it was you that fucked up, that it was you that they're actually not happy with. In the day, people are far more polite, which actually to me is impolite. I'd rather know. Hey, listen, this has been cool, but actually I don't want to go out with you again because you seem a little unscented. Thanks. Anyway, bye. That's how a girl should address you. <laughs> That's how I much prefer Oh, there's just a buzzer going on. Just give me a second here. Thanks, guys. Chata, chata, chata. Okay, we're back. So my apologies, my friends. It's actually more impolite. I'd rather girls just be brutally, brutally honest at all times. However, it's not the case. People are raised better than that. <laughs> not in my mind. Not in my mind. People should be absolutely brutal all the time for the most part anyway. When I say brutal, I mean like just be direct. Be direct about what you're feeling and thinking. Always use empathy though. Always use empathy. So we're going to use night examples a little bit more because it's in the night that you see this a little bit more where it's a little – because in the night you don't have to be so polite – and girls are actually pretty brutal, very brutal, actually, without empathy <laughs> at night. You get a lot of fuck yous at night, for sure. You get a lot of girls that just get... Because, yeah, alcohol is involved, you know. Crazy environment, not a lot of uh, responsibility. So if you're person A and you're saying that girls are... They're just not... I just can't keep them around. Like, my interactions end in 10 seconds. They end in a minute. I, oh, I see my best mate. He seems to be really effortless at just... You know, having a girl just stay around all night. I've never had that. Adam, I've never had it where I met a girl at 9 p.m., beginning of the night, and she was just on me. And that's it. And spent most of the night together, and then we went home. 
You know, it's like, I've never had that before. Or even if it wasn't all night, I've just never had a prolonged period of time in which that from, maybe we met at 11 p.m., we met at this bar, and then I met her friends, and she met my friends, and but then we just got into our own little bubble, and then, fuck yeah, go down for the kebabby, went down for the kebabby, we all had a good kebab, and then decided to catch an Uber home, watch some Disney, and that's it. You know, it's like, I've never had that. I've never, inferring that, I've never had, not the validation of that happening, I've just never had the experience of executing so well internally to the point where a girl would recognize, oh, I should want to be around this guy. I, I want to spend time with this guy because he's so sensitive, he's so grounded. Jeffrey, just so sexy. I just never had that feeling from a girl before. Never had a girl look at me and go, you got me. You got me, so leave me. Never had that girl just hang off my arm, tug on me, rub the inside of my leg, tug on my shoulder, tug on my shirt, saying, hey, hey. Never had her just nuzzle into my neck. It's got ah, feel, feeling you, feeling you. You know, that one right there, my friends, is we just dropped this down to a real sexy tone right here. That nuzzle in the neck for absolute beginners, for uninitiated of cold surge dynamics, that is one of the key telltale signs of when you have entered a very deep level of comfort and trust with a woman in a cold interaction, whether you're in the bar, you're in the club, you went off to the rooftop balcony and you're sitting up there and you know, you're watching the stars go by and she's just sitting there next to you and she just nuzzles her, nuzzles her head into your neck. And so you can feel the warmth of her cheek beating against your neck. That is one of the greatest telltale signs of deep levels of trust and comfort as to what I said before of when a girl recognizes you do what you need to do to provide the masculine frame, direct, congruent, authentic. You can lead it from here. Lead me from here. I trust you. As much as the hardcore social activists and white knights and, and uh, snowflakes would like a written receipt with signed signatures that say, oh, we can sexually progress things now. And I'm okay to sexually progress things now. As much as the, as how just offensive that is to the natural organic progression of sexual energy between two human beings, it's just offensive that you would even conceive of interrupting a moment like that where you've got random guy, random girl, the guy honored his role. The guy honored his masculine role by the beginning of the night, going up to her, being direct, congruent, authentic. By being direct, congruent, authentic, stating exactly what his intent was. Yo, excuse me, miss. Just across the room, I caught your eye and I thought you were beautiful. I had to say, hey, my name's Adam. And she receives. And then all of a sudden, you're diving into the interaction. You're going back and forward. You're teasing, you're testing, you're challenging through qualification, seeing what each other's about, having to have fun. Then all of a sudden you realize we've got a bit of connection here. Let's drop it down. Let's really get to know each other through investment. Put the cool water on. Now we're talking about real shit, talking about normal shit. You know, wh- wh- where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Where do you want to travel when this whole COVID thing's over? Where do you, what, et cetera, et cetera. Normal shit. What do you study? What do you do for work? Okay, now we're in investment. We're building a real connection. We've likely already moved the interaction at this point to get a little bit more comfortable, moved, moved away from the hectic noise of everything, reduce the energetic noise. And now all of a sudden you find yourself up on the rooftop bar, the stars are flying on by. 
And you're sitting there next to her. You got your arm around her. She nuzzles her head into your neck. You feel her cheek against. And then to intercept that moment by saying, oh, but uh, you guys can't have sex unless you verbally state it and effectively, metaphorically, sign a piece of paper wavering this off. It's like, what, what reality are these are these people who think that you have to go through that process and that's the process to go through? What, what reality are you living in? It's like those, the reality those people are living in is not reality. They don't go out. They don't meet people. They aren't regularly having organic sexual connections with new people. That's those people. Those are the people that are saying that. They're the people that just sit on the keyboard all day. They're the keyboard warriors at the Olympic level. They are frontline, frontline keyboard warriors, okay? It just fucks with me that people would even attempt to install that. And this is not me against uh, feeling safe sexually. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making ridiculous and imposing ridiculous rules on organic human sexual connection. I'm not talking about if you are in danger and you feel like that this is a potentially dangerous situation. We're talking about, as I just painted the full story, a wholesome, honored, balanced, centered, and grounded, mutually reciprocated masculine to feminine interaction. Yes, sir. <laughs> man. Oh, man, oh, man. So, why I brought that up, compadres and consigliers? Probably my favorite word of all time, bro. <laughs> Consigliers? Oh, man. Oh, man. Just next time you're out in public, just use that word somehow, some way. Let me know. <laughs> Consigliers. Uh, okay. It's just a great word to me. It's too extra. Like, there's too much sauce on that word for it to be even legal. <laughs> it's not a legal word. Holy shit. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, well, why were we talking about oh recognizing signs of comfort and trust? Oh, and the way we brought this all up was from person A. Person A is saying he's just never had that. That's why I brought that up. He's just never had that lineage of a night where he did everything I just said through open qualification investment and then going through into this closed moment that he would want to bring her back or go back to her place. And she maybe a lot of times, how about this? How about this, social justice warriors? A lot of the time, the girl instigates the close or opens the possibility or offers the opportune for that. A lot of the times when a masculine has just performed so well for so long, a feminine being almost just tugs on him and goes, listen, you want? can we, you know, hey, you know, she'll show signs of being, ah, impatient, of being, Restless. Restless is the word. You know, when she senses that, I want to go a little deeper. Yeah, it's gone deep. It's gone deep. It's that kind of, it's that kind of vibe. And when you're picking up on that vibe, well, then of course you're going to act upon that. You don't need a written sign. I got to get off that. I got to get off that. It just it fires me up too much because it's just like, it's such an, what's the, what's the word? It's such a, uh, an affront. It's just an affront to human social dynamics to even, put framework logistically in there. Anyways, moving on. So if you're person A, if that's you, what I'd be looking at, of course, there's going to be many mindsets we're going to have to look at as to why we believe that's happening. We're going to have to break down your interactions in real time. But I can throw out a few generals. I can throw out a few things that are very typical as to why guys don't reach that stage 
with girls. If you look at the lineage of open qualification investment clothes, the main reason why guys never get to feeling like the girl wants to hang around at that initial interaction, within the in- initial interaction, the reason why I don't feel like a girl hangs around in the initial interaction is often a breakdown between qualification and investment in which that they stay too long in qualification or they skip investment altogether. If you stay too long in qualification, which is to stay in the tease test challenge mode, stoking the flyer of attraction, it never gets real. She never forms a sense of association with you of that, of this is no longer just a cool guy. This is no longer just this cool, hip guy, came up with a whole bunch of confidence, feeling himself type guy. No, this is, is Adam. It's Adam and he wants to go play with chimpanzees in Zimbabwe. That's Adam. That association I just gave you, look at the two. Cool guy, feeling himself, hip, confident, came up with a whole bunch of confidence. He's a cool guy. That versus Adam, the guy who wants to go play with chimpanzees in Zimbabwe. Now, don't get stuck on the old Zimbabwe. It's the association I'm talking about. The association in the second part, the latter of what I just said, was investment. You can only get there through investment. To actually transcend, I'm putting in air quotes, the pickup, the, which is just to address the guys that have that mindset. It's definitely not my mindset, definitely not what I coach people on. To what I actually coach people on, to transcend the initial of the interaction, the open and the qualification, the setting up of the frame, the setting up of the dynamic between you two, to transcend that and to actually de- build comfort and trust. Because there is no comfort and trust built through open or qualification. It is all fire. There is no cool water in that, in that initial part of the interaction. That first 50, no sir. But in the latter half, it's all about the cool water, comfort and trust. In order to get there, you have to get there. Well, that's what I'm saying. But in order to get there, you have to stop the taste test challenge fire mode of qualification. What I see with a lot of guys, particularly when I've been coaching them in field one-on-one, or if there was other guys as well, just in larger groups, but particularly one-on-one because I can spend a whole night with them, a couple of nights, three nights sometimes in a row. What I notice is that they stay in qualification too long miss the window of opportunity to build comfort and trust in investment, which creates an association that would lead to her feeling comfortable to go up to the rooftop balcony and to nuzzle into your neck and to get heart to heart, build that. Build that essence of what we're talking about here, which is, hey, I want to hang around. To have a girl want to hang around you for a prolonged, sustained period of time, you have to enter the investment mode very key, after qualification. But nonetheless, must enter it. I just wanted to cover a nuance there. Well, not, it's not a nuance. I wanted to cover a fireball there, which was that, uh, don't get confused, you don't enter investment off the bat. If you enter investment off the bat, you'll only be seen as a Mr. Nice Guy puppy dog. Count it, guaranteed, 100% for sure. You will be going home alone. Forever. So, Forever. So, Make sure you're not staying in qualification for too long, is all I'm saying with that point, if you're that guy. Because it's uh, very addictive to stay in qualification, especially if you're nailing it. Because why? You're getting laughs, getting jokes, it's a lot of heat. It's very intoxicating, the energy, it's intense. But it's not real. 
in the sense of that you really haven't gone to the core of each other, you haven't built any comfort or trust. So really, neither of you, if I mean, you being a guy, but particularly from the feminine perspective, she's not going to trust your masculine energy to any depth for prolonged, sustained periods of time to give you that feeling of, hey, I want to hang around you. I want to be around you for the rest of the night. Okay. That's one particular one, but then you can flip it. I said before, there's the reverse of that, which is which would not take nearly as longer to explain because now you just flip the example. What if you do no qualification or very little of it and slide into investment too quick? Well, there you go. There you go. Now, you, I actually kind of just explained that. It's that. I did just explain that, which is that if you underdo the qualification and go too heavy into investment too soon, Mr. Nice Guy, Puppy Dog, She's just not sexually polarized. The interaction is not sexually polarized. You broke your frame. You broke the ground of the masculine energy. So she doesn't want a bar of it in a sexual space of you. Okay. Now then, some of you might be then saying, well, then how do you know? How, how do you fucking know when to transition from qualification to investment? And now it's like we're all of a sudden going into a seminar on the toolbox of social dynamics, as I have coined. Uh, <laughs> should we go into this? I just want to go in depth into it. I'll just say it real quick. There are two ways of recognizing the transition moment when someone is ready to transition from qualification to investment, either physical or verbal cues. Physical cues being that of a mirroring of body language, which uh, you cross your arm, she crosses her arms. You sit back on your hip, she sits back on her hip. You move hip into her hip, she mirrors it in a diagonal position. So it almost looks like you guys are a folding out book you're looking at mirroring is what I'm talking about, is when a physical cue has been demonstrated that we could go deeper together, that some comfort and trust is ready and prime for this. Verbal cues. She starts embellishing, embellishing and displaying readiness to dive into her own thoughts, her own stories, to ask you questions as well, very importantly, to inquire about you, to show in a verbal sense, if not physical as well, that I am not going anywhere. I'm here with you now and I am planted not only physically but verbally in this interaction. There is your transition into investment. And why why, why do those cues transition into investment? Because if someone was not done with the setting of the frame within qualification that, oh, you're the masculine leader, I'm a feminine follower and I'm happy with this balance and I'll continue, particularly from the feminine perspective, and I will continue to grade your performance as is the feminine's role and I will either drop you or continue with you based on your performance. Now, that's, that's why you always got to be careful with, with when I say feminine follower because there's always a connotation of lower standing. It's not equal standing. Just because the masculine energy's role is to lead doesn't make him better. doesn't make him better or more grand. Right? If anything, it puts more pressure on him for sure. Because if at any moment he breaks his principles and dishonors his role as masculine energy, it's her role to grade that and to execute. To execute and put a stop to this. And listen, you learn this very big. You learn this very big if you go out and call social dynamics. The moment you fuck up, you know. That's the best thing about call social dynamics. The moment you make a mistake, the moment you seek approval, the moment that you question yourself, the moment you become indirect, incongruent, or inauthentic on any plane of existence, she'll let you know. If not consciously, subconsciously, she'll let you know. It's how human beings are wired. So there you go. Little masterclass there, little mini masterclass on qualification investment. So where are we at with this? Those were the two generals that I would give you because I don't know you if you're struggling with having a girl hang around. Uh, and I, there's of, uh, there are other, another big one is losing the sight of leading. A lot of guys just lose sight when they're in interactions. 
they only envision within an interaction. Like this is the thing for beginners particularly. It's like if you guys have ever played the game, the old PC game, Age of Empires, it's a third world open map type game in which that you started off as a little caveman around a little fire, four pixels. It's like four pixels, a little bit of dirt, a fire, you and a caveman, a bit of loincloth, that's it. The rest of the screen is black. Shout out to fucking Age of Empires. And the game is to evolve through the stages of, <clears throat> of human civilization. To go from the the to go from the caveman stage to the stone age, the iron age, the bronze age, the gold age, the go through all the ages. And but the thing is about the game is that you only start with four pixels and everything's black around you. You have to move your little caveman in the direction of the darkness. You have to tap on the darkness and get him to just walk into it. Then all of a sudden, fuck! There's another village there, and they're trying to throw spears at me. And it's like you you explore the map. And the game in develops as you explore into the unknown. But you didn't know what was there beforehand. You only gained that knowledge by venturing. It's very much the same with social dynamics, particularly beginners, if you're struggling with finishing interactions and leading them to a close and having a girl wanting to hang around you the entire way through is that if you've just never been there before, if it's all black for you because you've only ever gotten to the open stage or qualification stage and correctly, I'm sure a lot of you have gotten to the investment stage but incorrectly, Allah doing it too soon, then you can be forgiven for for always losing sight because you never had the sight to begin with. You never knew what the map looked like to begin with. It was all black. I get that. That's why you must venture. That's why you must adventure out into the world. Into the world of your interactions more specifically to push them, to not lose sight. It is much better to slightly rush an interaction than to drag it on and kill it. It is much better to just be slightly too fast-paced than to be slightly too slow-paced because slightly because momentum is everything. If you're slightly too fast, your momentum's still moving forward. So you'll still get through qualification investment and then to a close, which will lead you to finishing interactions just a little too quickly. But if you're a little too slow, then your momentum is in the opposite direction. And so that you only get slower. A little too slow at the beginning becomes slower and slower as it goes on to very slow towards the end, towards death at the end of the interaction, a.k.a. lost sight of your intent. I see this with clients all the time. They just lose sight and they end up just getting into these like 10, 15, 20-minute interactions and don't close them or to the point where the girl gets so fed up and pissed off that she has to close him. You know, it's like, oh, abomination, absolute abomination. Like I said before, an affront to human dynamics. <laughs> if a girl has forced into a position to close you because you were so uh, lost sight on what you need to do as a man, as a masculine being. Anyways, those are person A's. Like I said, guys, when I say that we're getting to a close, we're not. <laughs> so let's get to person B here. I, I, I get a, I geek out on this shit as a coach. I geek out on social dynamics. This, this is my, this is my, this is my rump steak, right? This is my sixty-day dry-aged, six hundred-degree seared-up rump steak right here. This is my money. All right, I can talk about this all day. So we get to person B then. 
If you've got issues in the seminar room, all right, which guys are struggling to keep girls around? Ah, uh, yeah, person B, that's me, Adam. Me, that's me. <laughs> what's, your, what's your problem, son? And he goes, ah, uh, well, other dates. He's <laughs> trying to continue his voice. Other dates. I just, no, he loses seriousness of it. That's why it's funny. Uh, because what guy stands up with that voice? <laughs> I love that voice. Oh, I'm sick, date. The girl just never seems to come back after the other date. <laughs> okay, we're done. We're done. <laughs> I'm sure there is some guy, though. <laughs> Also, I'm envisioning an absolute potato when I say that voice. Just this plump, this plump, sugary doughboy. <laughs> fuck, fuck, I have too much fun in these sessions. Okay, sorry, uh, sorry, Pillsbury doughboy. My sweet sugary doughboy. I take you seriously now. Uh, bit, uh, hopefully no one rocks up like that in a seminar in the future. Otherwise, I will not be able to contain myself. Okay, 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 okay. Yosha, Yosha. All right, all right. He says that the girls aren't hanging around after the dates. After the dates, aka they're not calling back after dates. So we're talking about first dates here. We're talking about dates. We're not talking about dates that ended after sex. We're talking about not, not sexual penetration dates. Just first date twos. Botanic and chill. Don't botanic and chill. I said, but the girls just aren't calling back. So my friends who are very deep on my content, what is missing? What effect is missing? The linger effect. The linger effect, very simply, is when a date specifically has been balanced in terms of its sexual energy, in which that both masculine and feminine honored their sexual roles, and most importantly, there was a connection. That there was a not only a connection on the forefront of attraction first, but then also connection in the form of connection, which is to say trust and comfort. We talk about attraction, we talk about Attraction and comfort, attraction and trust, the connection being formed. We're talking about there's two pieces that need to come in place. Attraction foremost, which is our initial indicator, our initial signal that we are interested in each other. Comfort and trust forms and cements that connection in which that, okay, now we can go a little bit deeper. I don't want to go deeper into this. I have an entire podcast on this. I have several podcasts on this, on the balance between attraction and comfort. Uh, I can't remember the name of them. It's a social Q&A, probably season five somewhere. I can't remember, but I talk about it a lot and I just, it's not relevant to right now. All you need to know is that on the date, the first part of the date is always going to be cemented and rooted in establishing attraction. And then the second half, if it does go well, if attraction is mutually reciprocated, we'll then dive into the building of comfort and trust, which cements the connection, which is just a macro of what I've been talking about all along in the micro of qualification and investment. I'm just talking about that on big terms now. I'm talking about that in the scape of hours, okay? In terms of generalities, how we see each other, perceive each other, receive each other. If done well, if done correctly, always the linger effect will be instilled within the female in which that there is absolutely no need for the man at the end of the date to dote on her and to fall over her to reinforce that she will call him, that she will see him again, that she will instigate this experience again so he may have another chance 
to see her again. If he's done everything he needed to do, direct and grew and authentic, nailed his 50, intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language vibe. A few things to mention there. She's done everything she needed to do, and that there was a mutually formed connection through the balance of attraction and comfort and the building of that trust. Then it is natural, as has been observed in the wild, and in the wild of the thousands, thousands of experiences I've had to break down, not only of my own, but of my own clients going through this process, the woman will always linger on him. The man will never linger on the woman. He's done. I've done my role. And what does this look like? I had a great time, did everything I needed to do, the way that I finished the date, is that it's over now. We had a great time here and now. <clears throat> if we weren't able to sexually progress this, whether because it just didn't feel right, just didn't feel the need to, didn't need to go back to my place, didn't need to go back to her place, it's fine here, keep it here. If we want to see each other again, we'll see each other again. That's the indifference. I'm at peace, I'm at ease. When she feels that all of that has been in place, she comes back going that, all right, well, he doesn't need me. So I guess I'll message him when we want to see each other again. Yeah. As you can sense, there is no destabilized extreme unbalance in either part. Unbalance. There's no unbalance. It's neither the guy going, okay, so when are we going to see each other again? Okay, so are you free next week? This is at the end of the day. Ah, are you free next week? Ah, we, so we had a really good time, huh? Had a really good time, huh? That's a huge unbalance on the masculine side in which that he knows he fucked up. The only time a guy does that at the end of a date is when he knows he fucked up, is when he knows he was unscented, ungrounded, not stepping into his masculine power. Not executing that power of being direct and good and authentic, nailing his 50. He was not at ease. If he was at ease and trusted in that he had done everything he needed to do and did need nothing more from her, needed nothing more from her at the end of his experience, why? Because it's over now. And it's over now. Key mindset. He would only act that way out of scarcity, out of need to see her again because he's not confident in himself. A man who is confident within himself is happy to leave the interaction then and there, and if they never see each other again, fine. No problem. Why is it no problem? Because i got my purpose in life. got everything else I need to operate in this life, everything else I need to execute. got all these other people I need to meet, need to see, need to learn from, need to grow from. If we don't need to see each other again, we don't need to see each other again. I sure as hell don't need to infect the relationship with my neediness to have this come about again. On the feminine side, if the woman is finishing the interaction by going, Again, so you're going to call me, right? As in, you're going to call me when you get home? You know, you, hey, you're going to see each other again, yeah? Oh, this is a really amazing time, right? Like, you will, you will, you will, you will call me, right? If a girl is doing that, she is fucked up. Whether she knows it or not, she is fucked up. Hopefully she's aware of it, in post at least, but in the moment, probably not. She's also acting from neediness and scarcity. When a woman has executed her role, all right, not only when she's been direct and grown and authentic with him, but that she has honored her electric femininity, her creative femininity, that she has been unpredictable. She's been a spark of delight and has also, of course, reciprocated the attraction and comfort and felt that mutual trust built between the two. 
given the feedback primarily as her feminine role, to allow this to progress, then she knows that, okay, this is all right. She'll often thank, and both, both people will say, yeah, thanks for a great time. But both people can leave knowing that, hey, it's over now. <laughs> and it's over now. And then before the end of the day or before the next day, latest at the time, most of the time, if you have nailed your 50 and she has nailed her 50, the feminine will get a linger effect in which that she goes, I want a little more. I want a little more. And so I will push on him. Please note, my friends, please note, who pushed for the first date? The man did. Who was the onus on to push for the first date? On the man. You would never expect, after finishing a cold interaction, that the woman would text you saying, so when are we meeting up? So when, uh, when are we going out? No. No, no, no. That's not at all. It's unbalanced. What is it always the go, though? A girl, a girl will often, after an initial interaction, send, the, send a text saying thank you. Often not first. Not until you've sent that first text saying, yo, listen, it was a great time meeting you, Jenny. Signed your name. Hey, real cool experience. Kind of crazy. Nice meeting you. Signed your name. Then she'll come back saying, yeah, it was a great time. Thanks so much for coming up. It will often not end with though, and so when are we seeing each other? She will not push. In all of my years of cold social dynamics and studying human behavior in the field, not on research papers, in the field. Not once, I don't think you could ever once go into my Instagram DMs, my phone book, my text messages, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever the mode and WhatsApp, you will not find a message after meeting a girl initially that I cold approached and that her first text back to me was, so when are we meeting up? Nope. Never. Never. Can't. Nope. Definitely not. I ride that to the die. What it will sound like is this. Yeah. Hey, Jenny, it was great meeting you. Kind of crazy. Cool time in the, cool time in the streets. Adam. She comes back. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciated you coming up. That was kind of random. It's kind of crazy. Ends there. My next text. Push. All right. So when suits you best for that green tea and chill? What suits you best for that beach adventure? So we can go get to know each other. As we had discussed at the end of our interaction. Key seed planting at the end in the closed section. Then she'll organize with logistics for. Why I wanted to highlight this. I pushed to initiate the date. I pushed the qualification. You can almost think about it as a macro qualification in a way, but it's kind of beyond that. It's not quite that. It's more just an overall general masculine push of energy saying that I am very interested in you. I'm pushing this. I'm inviting you out. This is my interest. Here it is. Leave it or take it. Take it or leave. She takes you up on it. Then it is only natural after that experience, if it was honored and balanced, Masculine and feminine energy balanced at the end of the date that the linger effect would fall upon the woman. Not the man, but the woman. Why? Simply because the man pushed so hard to instigate this. And if it was so well done, and he was so well done within it, he can rest easy going that, well, you know what? I gave this interaction the chance. I accepted it. This would not have happened and should not have happened if I didn't make the push to begin with. So it's now on her to tell me as is the feminine role, how do we do? How did it go? The feminine's role in tactics primarily is feedback to sound off. Yes, you were direct, congruent, authentic. Yes, I want to hang around you a little more. I want to see you again. 
it is not a feminine's role to to ensure that this interaction progresses forward always. Only that you have the reference point, the feedback point that you are doing what she likes. And so you may progress forward. It is not her initial though. It is not her initiative. She gives the feedback as is the role between leader and follower, masculine and feminine energy. The leader will not continue to lead if the follower does not sound off that they approve of the leader's leading. There you go. That's, that's the perfect way of summing it up. So that's why the linger effect always comes from the woman's side when the date was on, when it was bounced, which is either later that night or typically the next day, sometime during the next day, latest two days later, unless there was some unforeseeable event that happened, broken a phone, dropped in the lake, whatever, couldn't get to her phone, whatever, was, was traveling, whatever. And she'll come back saying, hey, that was a great time. That was a great time. I really thank you for the experience. Maybe, maybe she might say, if you guys had very deeply connected on a particular day three idea, you know, cooking together, Disney together, watching a movie, going down to the, the midnight screen and on the beach, whatever it may have been that you guys have been talking about, she might reference something there. But again, it will not be a heavy initiative. It will not be her saying, okay, this time or then, when suits you better for our day three? That's not her role. It, will, it is only her role to linger off, linger on, I should say, linger on with the effect of that you did good. And she'll say it in the form of, I had a great time. Thank you so much for a great time. That's the linger effect. We've gone deep on that, gone real deep on that, but this is formative stuff that a lot of people don't know. So, so if you ever find yourself in the position now, person B, thinking that, well, girls just don't seem to give me that linger effect. Well, then I would be, now we're getting into very broad spectrum. Now we're getting into the hundreds of thousands of mistakes you could have made on that date from forgetting about leading, from not kissing the girl, sexually polarizing, from not being present with her, from trying to do stupid shit like techniques and tricks, from, from again, not being present with her. It all, listen, I can give you faces, but they all stem from one root, one weed, which is not present with her. If you are not present with her, say goodbye to the attraction, say goodbye to the comfort, say goodbye to seeing her again. All right, listen, I don't, I don't care about your tricks. Oh, she don't care about your tricks. She cares about your presence. When he looks me in the eyes, does he actually look me in the eyes? Is there a veil, a veneer, a wall that blocks that connection? Is he looking for something? Can he see without looking? You want to go to hang around? Better get present. Us. Us. Okay. So, summarizing that, all I would say, there's, there's too many potentials, there's too many variables as to why a girl wouldn't give you a linger effect, we'll be here all fucking day. But you, I would just break down my entire experience and it's always going to stem from non-presence. We are grilling here. We are, we are slow cooking, my friends. And you know what that means? And you know why? Because I have got a, I have got a pork scotch fillet slow cooking right now. That has been slow cooking since 5.30 this morning. It's like it's like 3 p.m. right now. And it's got another good good four hours to go. We're doing a nice 13 hours, 13 to 14 hours slow cook. I'll, listen, I'll, I'll do a 24-hour slow cook. Don't put it past me. 
Don't put it past me. I have 24-hour slow-cooked beef cheeks before, and it's just a different It's a different land. It's a different land of experience when you slow-cook those really tough pieces of meat, but they're only tough because of their gelatinous nature, because of their uh, connective tissue nature, like the lamb shanks, like the lamb shoulder, the beef cheeks, the osso buco, the, all of these all of these parts that center around joints, they have so much connective tissue around them, so they have to be slow cooked, but they're not any lesser in taste just because they're cheap. The only reason why they're cheaper is because people can't readily cook them immediately because you've got to put in 14 to 20 hours to slow cook that shit. But if you put in that effort, it's not even that much effort. You just get up early in the morning. You don't even have to get up early in the morning. Start at the night before and just do a longer slow cook. And it's just heaven, absolute heaven, especially in winter, especially after doing ocean cold plunges every day. So good. So good. Anyways, moving on. Person three. Let's take it up. Person C. We're up in the seminar room. We've just, okay, fucking Jeffrey the nerd was person A. We sat him down on why girls aren't hanging around at his initial interactions in the bar. He's overdoing it on the qualification or he's underdoing it on the qualification and going too fast into investment. One of the two, most likely. We've got person B. We've got the, the sweet Pillsbury boy. We've got the sweet dough boy. Sweet fat boy. <laughs> we got a sweet pills from Dough Boy who is not getting that linger effect. That's why she's not hanging around. Most reason because non-present. Non-present during his interactions, most likely stemming from his host of anxieties and his just plethora of non-presence trying to do stupid shit, trying to do too much, just trying in general instead of just being sit down. Hey, Pillsbury Dough Boy. Sit down. Sit down into yourself, is what I'm saying. Now, I was looking at person C stands up in the seminar room and he goes, Yeah. He goes, uh, I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not nearly as bad as person A or person B. However, it's after the sex. She never comes back around. Doesn't linger after the sex. Doesn't linger after the sex. Doesn't want to come back. Yeah, maybe there's some comms, but it's not like a impending, I don't feel the impending, yeah. Be around Scott. She's not. She's not messaging me much. She's not. Not trying to get me to message much. Yeah, there's this. That's a nice nuance there. Actually, the difference between a girl messaging you a lot and a girl trying to get you to message her a lot. This is something that hey, I love. This nuance because it's a different. There's a world of difference between the two. A girl that is messaging you a lot is starting to show signs of attachment. A girl that is trying to get you. To message her a lot is a girl who gets it, is a girl who's socially savvy, who understands that actually in the dance between him and I, him being the masculine energy, he should be pushing the initiative. That's his role. My role is the initiative and the response, the response feedback. My, my feminine role being the response feedback to let him know whether he's doing okay or not, whether he can lead, whether he can progress or not. But I need him to push. I need to try and get him to push. And that the way that a girl gets a guy to push, alluring, mysterious, electric, creative, sensual, and sexy, giving you indicators of, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. As I've said this in many podcasts, there's nothing more that turns me off from a girl as a hard, green, 100% yes. I don't want a 100%. I don't want a hard, 100% green yes. I want you to give me the mystery. I want you to let me have a little push and pull with it. There should be space between us. There should be gap. There should be room to test, to play, to see whether there's, eh, maybe, 
is the yeah mm-hmm. of course there's a threshold of course there's a threshold in which that that game it doesn't need to go for very long it's just that that's what builds the spark in the adventure right now if a girl tells you right off the bat hey listen you can have sex with me anytime you want it's like i'm not <laughs> thank you but it's not very exciting like there's not much of a it's not much of a play there there's, there's not much of a adventure there's not much of a journey there a much 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 I much would have rathered you have given me a 50% maybe. I'm like, hey, hey, listen, don't confirm anything other than that we are going to meet up. That's the only real confirmation point that a guy needs is that, yes, let's get together. From that point on, let the dance begin. Let there be push and pull. Let there be push moves, pull moves, right? Going back and forward between each other, throwing the fire back and forward. That's what we're talking about here. Why do we get into this? Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember we've got a person see here not getting the linger effect after sex. Yeah. Yeah, we just went on a real tangent. Ah, here we go. Girls that try to text you too much versus girls that try to get you to text them. That's what you want. Why we went into that? Oh, I just thought it was a nice nuance. That's it. It was just a really nice nuance. That's what I'm looking for. And the girl that tries to get you to text is that, yeah, she adds mystery to her text. She leaves question marks on the things on the end of things, she leaves question marks on the end of things to the point where it inspires the man to get creative, to push a little energy. If everything ends with a full stop and everything's just blank, I understand everything. There's no potential room for interpretation. Well, it's like, where's the room for creativity? It's within the room of interpretation that I can get creative. Feel me? But anyways, that's just a nuance. Getting on to the actual point of what I'm talking about here is, or the main point, if a girl is not hanging around after sex, we can almost immediately talk about the actual alignment of sexual appetite and sexual execution within your experience together. Talk about sexual appetite and sexual execution. We're going to break this into two different things. Sexual appetite to begin with. I've got an entire podcast on this, Social Q&A. I can't remember this one because it's pretty recent. It's almost like 80 episodes of Social Q&A, if not more. Yeah, I think it's like at least 80 episodes. So I can't remember all of them. But this one is, this one's pretty recent on uh, Social Q&A on Sexual Appetite. I think it's season six. If you are, if either of you are more than two to three points away from each other on the scale of zero to 10, zero being the absolute vanilla of vanilla sexual appetite, it's just plain as plain can get. Zero being, uh, five being the strawberry shortcake in the middle, just the average person, and then 10 being sexual filth, where it's like, you know, zero sexually plain, five sexually curious, 10 sexually filthy. You look at these, this scale. If you're, say, a five, just average person in the middle, kind of normal sexual appetite, a little bit curious about it, but you're not doing anything crazy. You're not like trying to suck each other off in the bloody public bathroom while the kids' soccer game's going on. This is not you. You're just a uh, classic, classic, uh, just classic, keep, keep things relatively normal. Right? That's, that's what you're like in sexually, uh, if you're a number five, it's sexually curious in that mid zone. But then you say you meet up and say that was the guy. And then we say you meet with a girl who is a lot higher than you. Let's say that she was eight, nine, sexually filth. She's into that sexual filth borderline. 
And she likes some very aggressive shit. She likes to be choked. She likes to be spanked. She likes to be thrown around. Likes to be called some shit. Likes to be really, really given a good one. Given a good one. Right? That's what we're talking about. Gets me excited thinking about that because that's where I fall on the scale as well. If that's what you met and there's just such a differentiation in your sexual appetite, then a girl may not linger and may not hang around after your first sexual experience if she can sense that, well, you really just couldn't do it for me. She couldn't do it for me. That's what we're talking about there. Because someone who requires being hair pulled, choked, spanked, handcuffed, cuffed, you know, hands cuffed, just thrown around like an absolute rag doll, and you are not even close to that. You can't even provide something even close to that. You just it's not that you're it's not that you're less of a person, it's just that you're unable to meet their desires. That's all it is. You don't need to throw the subjectivity into it of saying, well, I'm not a man. I'm no man. I'm no man. You, know, you don't have to go into that I'm no man rap song. You just have to sit down to yourself and go, that's just not me. And we're not aligned. So that's okay. You know, and we're definitely not aligned in and probably not best to be f- matching with each other, fixing up with each other, going hook with each other because of that differentiation. It actually hurts each other to try and force that when it clearly is not meant to be. It's just not meant to be, not in a mystical sense, meant, not meant to be because you're not aligned. That's all I'm saying. You can also find the, res- the reverse. If you just flip the example, let's say that you're the guy and that you have a pretty high sexual appetite, but you find a girl is really low, more than two to three points below on that scale, then you can do the exact same thing and you can scare her off though. Like it's still a misalignment, that's the exact same thing, but the result is different in which that the reason why she's not lingering on you is because she got scared off. She's like, oh, this guy's playing way too much fire. And what she needed was a nice candle. I mean, you tried to give her a roaring fire. You know, that's, that's what we're talking about there. That's sexual appetite covered if a girl is not lingering. Just purely, you two are just not on the same wavelength of what you desire sexually. Now we look at sexual execution. Let's say you are aligned. Let's say that you're both strawberry shortcakes, somewhere between four and six, mid-range on sexual appetite. But actually, your ability to execute sexually is just not good. It's just off. I can give you 100,000 faces to this, but it's all going to be, as I said before, for person B, stemmed and rooted off from non-presence. Whether it's because you literally couldn't sexually perform, as in you couldn't, and I don't, I don't really like that word because that word in and of itself, sexually perform, like I'll use it as a general principle, but in micro, I don't like using it in micro because it actually adds pressure. You know, if, if you couldn't sexually, I've got to find a better word for it. If you couldn't, let me just call it what it is. If you couldn't maintain an erection, then of course there's going to be issues with the linger effect afterwards because you couldn't physically satisfy her. Not because you guys were so misaligned in desire, but purely from a, hey, there you go, there's that same word again, performance standpoint. Yeah, it's, like, it's just too easy of a word, but it's also not the word I'd like to use. It's like, what is the word I'd like to use? Satisfy? Satisfy. Sexually satisfy. Yes, okay, there we go, satisfy. You weren't able to satisfy what she actually needed. And you were aligned in desire, but you just couldn't, yeah. You couldn't fulfill the satisfaction. If that's you, then 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 there's, it's like it's point blank. If you couldn't satisfy, then there's no shouldn't no be no question marks about why she wouldn't linger a mark about it. But let's say that wasn't the oh no 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 that's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about now is the faces. 
Because the reason why you couldn't satisfy, couldn't maintain your erection is rooted in non-presence. 100%. Well, I don't say 100%, except for the extreme nuances of that you're in a motorbike accident, you don't have blood flow down there, or, you know, stupid shit like that. When I say stupid shit, you know, you, things like that are just absolute nuances that, of course, of course. But for most guys, it's non-presence. You know, you couldn't just be there with her in the moment. You couldn't just slow things down, get your heart rates aligned, get your breathing rate aligned. Just get into each other, feel each other. Psychologically release each other up into the infinite clouds. You know, you're in that psychological state where it's like as if you were rolling amongst the clouds for infinity. That's the psychological state you need to be in. Right? When you psychologically let go, that's what allow the physiology to let go. And then when you can melt each other down through the physiological jelly state to the point where your bodies become like jelly and you take your sweet time. Bodies don't become like jelly like that. Bodies don't become jelly in a moment. Bodies become jelly through a caressed process, through a caressed journey with each other where you work your way down, where you kiss her on the eyelids. You kiss her on the eyelids. You bat your eyelashes against hers. You run your cheekbone down hers. You feel her ears. You run your tongue down the side of her neck. And this just goes on and on. And you just, you're just excavating every inch of her body. She's excavating every inch of yours. The flow, the rhythm. This is how jelly state's achieved. No rush. Not present, gonna rush. Not present, gonna push a little too hard. You know, that, that kiss on the eyelid, it's going to be a little too aggressive. It's going to be a little too heavy. It's not going to be well measured. That touch on her nipples, it's going to be a little too abrasive. It's not going to be caressive because you're not present. Always rooted in the non-presence. If you are not sexually satisfying, rooted in the non-presence because your touch is too heavy, because your pace is too fast, because your tone is too high. Because the look in your eyes is too fleeting. Can't just. You can't just sit deeply into her. And so she can't sit deeply into you. Strongest friend wins. Rooted in non-presence. And that, my friends, is absolutely delicious. Delicious, delicious, beautiful. Start to summarize and wrap to this statutory statutory podcast i feel like this is a real statue that you could climb this this podcast the physical representation of this podcast is like a statue that's been building itself and now that we're at the top you can see quite a you can see quite a way we've built quite a quite a session here and we've been through a lot so let me start to bring it to a summary this is a real summary this is a real close which I'm pretty sure I said like an hour ago. <laughs> okay, so, 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 so. What are you there? Okay, so what have we been through here, my friends? We've addressed X. And this is the final thing I'll say to X is this. Listen, I'm not happy with a lot of your mindsets, not because I'm not happy with you as a person. It's because I'm not happy with how it will lead you down a path of darkness and pain because of who it will make you become. Because if you place your criteria for success on external validation, that's a quick ticket to loneliness, to emotional volcanic eruption, to questioning who you are, to questioning 
your worth as a human being because it's dependent upon someone else's feedback and validation. I don't want that for anyone. So that's why I recommend not having those mindsets. I recommend that if you are approaching any form of situation with a member of the opposite gender, that you accept and acknowledge how you feel in that moment and give yourself time with the mindset of, and it's okay. Feeling nervous? Hey, and it's okay. Feeling pretty low-key? And it's okay. Feeling actually really good about myself? And that's also okay. Don't need to stunt that either. Gone through three really good, nice macro examples. Well, micros actually, but more macros to begin with and went into the micros of why a girl wouldn't hang around either because of your initial interaction or because of a date interaction or because of a post-sex interaction. Yeah, statue, statutory is what I would call this. And so I thank you all for diving in. If you have made it to the end, you always get my respect. You always get my respect when you make it to an end of a podcast that is of this type of nuance nature because social dynamics is not easy understanding social dynamics is not easy it's easy for you guys to to turn off for two hours and to and to just kind of vacuum and lift some weights and you know just be tugging and rubbing but if you actually were switched on the entire session and you understand a lot of this and most importantly understand what you don't understand for some of my more advanced people listening to this for you to know that, okay, I understood all of that, but I actually understand when I didn't understand it. To look back and know when you didn't understand what I was talking about. And the only way you could ever understand what I've talked about in this podcast is if you went out and did the damn thing. Do it and you'll understand. Never do it and you'll never understand. In the wise words of Run with the Wind, one of my favorite animes in the resources of wisdom on boldoja.com. Only through the wisdom gained from experience would you know what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to say right here is that, but if you don't understand because you don't get it either on a theoretical sense or more importantly on an embodied experiential sense, but the fact that you hang with, you know, you get my respect for that, that you just didn't give up. It's hard shit. It's hard shit. For me, the way I akin it is listening to a podcast on maths. (laughs) on geometry it's like i fucking hate maths i hate geometry not because i disrespect the medium but because i'm terrible at it because i just i have no interest in it at all most likely because i'm terrible at it right so if you are terrible at social dynamics but you're doing your best to try and grapple with it you get my respect for that hanging in there and then finally i'll say here my friends is that if you did enjoy this session what I'd most appreciate is if you could not only on the YouTube video, drop me some feedback on it. You, know, you had some big truths, had some big realizations. Drop me a comment down there. Have any questions? Have any follow-up questions? I'll be happy to come back in the YouTube comment section and address those. If you would like to be a featured context in one of these Boldojo podcasts, in the Podo, you can head to boldojo.com, link in the YouTube description, B-O-W-L-D-O-J-O.com. And you, any of the contact forms there, basically one on every single page, you can send me your own particular email or on Instagram, as this guy did, you can reach out at uitang1, double O-I, tang1. Send me a DM there. That's also acceptable. And I post a lot of really awesome content there anyway, so you should be there anyway. And, and yes, don't forget to sign up to the weekly email newsletter, which is the bowl sip. Comes out every Friday. I often write a little article covering something I'm learning or helping my clients through something on social dynamics 
Only the email clients get it. You can't find anywhere. Email clients, email subscribers get it. Can't get anywhere else. And also some other cool shit, just updates in the universe. So head over there, bulldozer.com, sign up for the email. It's free. Just put your email in. Every Friday comes out. Check your uh, promos on Gmail if you don't see it in your normal inbox. Some weeks it comes in my normal inbox. Some weeks it goes into promos. It, Gmail decides. I think it depends on how many links I put in it. And and yes, uh, if you guys are interested in diving into deeper one-on-one coaching, you can also find those packages and the memberships on boldojo.com if you want to work with me one-on-one. And with that being said, we'll have the podcast right here. I thank you, X, for the context, and I thank you all for being here in this moment in time. And I wish you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. That's so good. You guys know I know I love it. We get a good one.